we are continuing once again Esther chapter number 2 and we are on verse 19 through to verse 20 today 19 to 20 uh, and the title or rather the lesson for this beautiful day is obedience lesson number 31 obedience that's what we are going to be talking about today obedience it's a subject that we love i know you love obedience so that's what we're going to be talking about today uh, i'm sure you still haven't forgotten all the other lessons that we've covered and you also still you know continuing in those lessons you know meditating on the word of god listening into the word of god and making it a part of you it's not just you know a lesson for this one particular week and that's it but it is something for you and me to just continuously meditate on. You know, you know the Bible says in the book of Joshua, chapter number one, uh, this book of the law shall not depart on your heart, but you shall meditate on it day and night, and you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. So the power uh, to be prosperous has been deposited by God in you. You actually make your way prosperous. It's no longer God's to make you prosperous because you already did that through the finished work of the cross. Now it is up to you and me through our meditation, the conditioning, the thinking that we have. You know, that is what makes us prosperous. Uh, I love the scripture that uh, Mr. Steve shared on the offering. You know, very profound. You have to begin to look at yourself and think of yourself as a prosperous person. And it is only then when your mindset has been tuned, you know, to line up with the word of God through the meditation of the word of God that you will begin to experience the manifestation of every blessing that God has for us. Praise the Lord. Okay. Lesson chapter 31, obedience. Esther chapter number 2, verse 19 through to verse number 20. The Bible says, When the visions were gathered together a second time, Mordecai sat within the king's gate. Now Esther had not revealed her family and her people, just as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai as when she was brought up by him. What a scripture, what a blessing. So, obviously, we touched on uh, the verse when Mordecai spoke to Esther and charged Esther not to disclose uh, you know, her place of birth, not to disclose her identity, not to disclose that she was a Jew. She was just supposed to go into the pageant, attend the pageant, just like any other girl. Uh, you know, don't give information if it has not been asked from you. You know, you just say, I'm Esther, and that's it. So, Mordecai charged Esther. And now, Esther, in the previous verses that we looked at last week, Esther then, you know, by the grace of God, assumed, you know, the crown and assumed and ascended to the throne in Persia, and she became the queen. And when she became a queen, uh, still, she did not say, well, I'm now a queen, and I'm going to go ahead and just disclose you know, I'm, I'm going to disclose who I am now because I've, I've made it. You know, whatever I wanted to attain, I've attained it. Uh, so now probably this is the right time for me to disclose my identity. She did not do that. Even though she had now assumed, you know, the throne and she was now the queen of the land, still she remained quiet. Why? Because Mordecai had charged her and commanded her not to disclose her identity. Praise God. She still held on to the words 
of Mordecai, do not disclose your identity. We spoke about wisdom in earlier lessons and we say that you know you don't need to interrupt wisdom when wisdom is still on its course to accomplish its work. Before wisdom accomplishes its work, do not interrupt wisdom. So Mordecai spoke to Esther, shared wisdom with Esther and the accomplishment of the word or the accomplishment of the wisdom of Mordecai was not because she had assumed the throne or ascended to the highest office. No, it was Mordecai who knew what she was supposed to do as she joined the pageant and it was Mordecai who also knew at what point she was supposed to disclose her identity. So you, you cannot just say, well, I'm, I'm in now and I've got everything that I need and this is it. Sometimes we, we declare the fulfillment of our prophecies before they actually are fulfilled. You know, the Bible talks of Joseph. Joseph was there, had a dream. He saw himself, uh, all the other sheaves bowing down before him. He saw, you know, the moon and the stars, you know, bowing, uh, paying homage to him. And look at it. He is sold by his brothers to the Ishmaelites, sold by the Ishmaelites to Potiphar, and he's in Potiphar's house. And the Bible says God favored Joseph in Potiphar's house, and he was the head of Potiphar's house. He was given charge over everything. It was very easy for Joseph to say, well, probably this is the fulfillment of the dream that I had. You know, the, the, the dream simply meant that I'm going to be the head the dream simply means that, you know, I'm going to have people submit to my authority. And it was easy for Joseph to sleep with Potiphar's wife if he had thought that he had arrived. The reason why he fled is because he knew that the prophetic word was not yet fulfilled. Do not interrupt the word of God. Some of us, sometimes with a, with a few manifestations of the blessing of God, we, we all of a sudden feel like we have arrived. You know, some of us, when we get you know, a good paycheck, promotion at work, we already conclude this is what God spoke to me about and I'm already there. I want you to know that your dream and the prophetic word for your life cannot be accomplished. The first two years of your life, the first three years of your life, the word of God is accomplished as we go. There are certain parts of the prophecy that may be accomplished, but it is not all that God has for you. When God says you are destined for greatness, I'm telling you a few millions. It's not the greatness that God spoke about. The greatness that God spoke about, it's something that will be realized in your lifetime. Not in three years of your life, but in your lifetime. Praise God. You know, people sometimes can come. Uh, let, me, let me just, you know, run after this, this, uh, this hair that is just uh, reason now. Uh, let, let's just run after it, catch it and come back and come back to our, to our message. You know, at one time, the Bible says they wanted to make Jesus king. And, and they were there, you know, we, we, be our king. We, we're making you our king. We are seeing what you have done. And the Bible says Jesus ran away. He fled. He ran away, running away from promotion. Why? Because he knew that the word of God had not yet been accomplished in his life. Imagine Jesus saying, well, I'm going to be king. God says that I'm going to be the head. God says that I'm going to be the king. Well, people now have got the revelation that I'm king and this is it. He was going to miss Philippians chapter number 2 verse 9. How God 
right? High, how God highly exalted him. And God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name. But the exaltation was as a result of the cross. If your crown is coming before the cross, run away from that crown. It is not coming from God. Every crown is as a result of the cross. The crown that you receive after the cross is the crown that stays on your head. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now we're back again uh, to, to, to our Esther story. Okay. So the Bible here says, Esther did not disclose because Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai. Now what is obedience? Or what does it mean to obey? It is to do what someone says. It is to carry out an order. To do what someone says and to carry out an order. That is called obedience. Okay. Obedience to do what someone says. Not what you want. Not what you have said. Not what you have meditated on. But what someone says. Okay. So there is an external voice speaking to you. When you do what that external voice says, then it's called obedience. When an order is spoken... Obedience, it's not hearing the order. Obedience, it's carrying out the order. Okay? It is not hearing the order, but it is carrying out the order. Praise God. It is carrying out the order. So, the order came from Mordecai. And most of the times, if you go through scripture, most of the people who obeyed, they obeyed not because they understood everything about the instruction, but they obeyed because they trusted the one who had given the command and the order. It is difficult for one to obey the order if you doubt the one who has given you the order. You have to have faith in the one who has spoken the word in order for you to carry out the instruction, which means obedience is as a result of relationship. We obey because we have a relationship. When you have a relationship, then obedience becomes effortless. You don't struggle to be obedient when you have a relationship. Praise God. It is easy for you to obey when there is a relationship. So Esther obeyed because of the relationship. We don't work our way to the relationship through obedience. Okay? So we, we don't, it is not demanded to a person um, who does not have a relationship with you. So the first thing is a relationship. And where there is relationship, it becomes easy for obedience to then manifest. So as children of God, we are not commanded to obey, or rather as people, we are not commanded to obey in order for us to become children of God. But because we are children of God, then we are commanded to walk in obedience. Praise God. So it's always relationship, because obedience is rooted in relationship. Okay. It is not um, what end the relationship. It did, obedience did not end, you know, Esther, a relationship with Mordecai. It's like, oh, now you are, be because you are now obedient, I'm going to adopt you. Esther was adopted because Mordecai was a man of love. And Mordecai saw it fit to adopt Esther. So it was not as a result of the obedience that adoption took place. Relationship is a blood thing. You are born into a relationship. We are born into a relationship as children of God. We are born of the same God. That's why we call him Father. The reason why we call him Father is because he gave birth to us. We are his offspring. 
praise God. We are his offspring. We came from him. He gave birth to us and we say father. And because we say father, then obedience has to stem out of that relationship. You know, in the book of Ephesians chapter number six, the Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Children, obey your parents. It did not say obey strangers. Obey your parents. There's a relationship. Children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is good. And if you obey, what happens? There will be an addition of your years here on earth. And again, we have got a parent. We have got God as our father. We have got God as our parent. And the same command applies to you and me. Obedience is still required from God's children. All right. Praise God. I'm sure you are still with me and I'm sure that you're still being blessed by the word. Let's go back again to verse 19 through to verse 18. When the virgins were gathered together a second time. It was after, now this was after Esther was now queen. Mordecai sat within the king's gate. Now Esther had not revealed her family and her people just as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai as when she was brought up by him. Now there, there are a few things that are important here. All right. It says as, as she was when she was staying with Mordecai. So the obedience of Esther did not change. Because Esther was now in the palace. Okay. Status. Her status did not change her obedience. Okay. Wealth did not change the character of Esther. How many times do we have, you know, just a little bit of wealth alter and change somebody's character? Before you know it, this person is now like a mad dog. Going all over, no restraint whatsoever, just cruising and cruising. That's when, you know, in the context of, you know, our people, then you have another girlfriend and another girlfriend. You know, you just buy a car, you feel there is need for you to have another girlfriend. You buy another house, you feel the need for you to buy, I mean, to get another wife because you can now afford Lobola. We can all afford Lobola. We have been blessed by God. But we still have one wife, okay? I still have one wife, but I can afford another wife. <laughs> okay? So it's not what you afford. It is character. God says one man and one wife. He did not say when the money increases, then you can add more. Okay? When the wealth increases, you can add more. God doesn't say that. It is one man, one wife, and God saw that it was good. Right? The rib from where the, you know, the woman was taken uh, you know, from. It was not two women taken from the same rib. It was not three women taken from the same rib. Don't talk to me about Abraham. Abraham was just a man like you. He made mis mistakes and he did what he did you know, because of his ignorance of the word of God. So we cannot go and say, well, Abraham did it, I will also do it. You know, Jacob did it, I will also do it. So and so did it, I will do it. Jesus does not have many women. Okay, we are the bride of Christ. It's only one, not many. We take our example from the Lord. That's where we take our lessons. We don't take our lessons from other people who failed in the word of God. It's called obedience. So Esther did not say, well, now I'm in the palace. Who is Mordecai? <laughs> Mordecai is now my subject. You, you're talking of Mordecai. Mordecai, you know, yeah, well, 
he he took care of me but that's 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 history man you know who 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 stays at the place of history we, we move on we move on i'm now high up at the top and i don't need modekai anymore i made it mama i made it <laughs> i don't need modekai anymore and you know even if i disobey the command of modekai what will modekai do to me not that modekai may not do anything to you but you fail to understand as esther why god placed you in the palace remember the words of modekai maybe god put you in the palace for such a time as this praise god so obedience is is very important okay so your status should not alter your character okay take note of this again let's take it up again the reason why i keep on reading and reading is to remind you of the verse so that you know that everything that we're talking about here we are taking it from scripture when the virgins were gathered together a second time so they were gathered the first time and now when they were gathered the second time so esther is not there on her own esther has got other people when you are surrounded by people do you feel pressured to disobey what god said to you when because sometimes obedience is awesome when you're on your own when there is no little pressure coming from other people esther passed the first test but the second time again the virgins came they were still in the house many people are there Esther are you still going to be obedient to what Mordecai said Esther was not obedient not because the questions were not asked about her identity Esther was not obedient not because people did not try to seek to know who she was but Esther knew that Mordecai you know and from my relationship with Mordecai he has got the best interest at heart and i'm going to obey what he said because mordecai is my father he's a father to me so what do you do when there are people around you know there are a lot of people who change how they talk because of people there are people who change what they do because of people they do it in order to be seen by people who is around well let me show them who i am okay i'm the man there you know there are guys who impregnated other girls simply because of people they wanted to prove that i can get that girl i can sleep with that girl and now you are stuck with the wife that was never your intention from the very beginning because of people you see but you know what don't worry the wife is yours you know um, god is good he makes all things good but i'm sure you get my point all right so people okay wealth status you are now queen the crown after having the crown will the crown humble you or the crown will make you proud will the proud crown you know lead you to a place of disobedience like vashti or the crown will humble you every time you look at the crown are you humbled or you feel proud every time you look at your status you know every letter now has got the word the words queen esther every time you look at that queen esther what do you think about yourself does it does it break you down does it get you to a place where you kneel down when god has given you wealth do you all of a sudden glory in your accomplishments do you all of a sudden glory in nothing else i mean in everything else except the cross do you all of a sudden glory in your abilities in your qualifications in your studies or your qualifications they break you down at the foot of the cross 
and to say, God, I thank you. And I always remember the words that Pastor Josh always say that, uh, you know, some of us did not really make it that far in school, not because we, we were not reading, you know, not because we were not studying, but it just didn't happen, okay? So don't say, well, I, I worked so hard. There are people working so hard who are not at the top. There are people who are so dedicated who are not at the top. There are people who are so passionate who are not just at, at the top. So you are not there because you're smarter. But sometimes it's time and chance that happens to them all. Maybe your tent just came earlier than other people, but it doesn't necessarily mean other people's tents will not come. Mordecai, as you will see in the other parts of the Bible, uh, you know, of the book of Esther, you will see that Mordecai also, at one point, got the signet ring from the king. This time around, Mordecai is just there by his post. He is just a despised guy in the eyes of people, but Mordecai's turn is also coming. So obedience has nothing to do with the status. Okay? Obedience has everything to do with the character. Okay? I was saying in another teaching, uh, no, 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 teaching, I think it was one of my very controversial posts on Facebook, where I say it's not disrespectful to be called by your first name. Well, you may feel disrespected, but it does not make it disrespectful. Now, the reason why I say that, I was thinking about a number of things in, in my head, like I always do, and, and I realized that some people call me Dan, and I don't have a problem. And other people call me Dan, and I've got a problem. So the issue is not being called Dan. The issue is I have put people in different classes and say, this one can call me this, this one can call me this. This one can give me instruction and I'll do. This one can't give me any instruction that I will do. This one can tell me what to do. This one can't tell me what to do. You know, so what happens? The moment you become Queen Esther, Mordecai now falls in a category where Mordecai can no longer tell me what to do. And Mordecai can no longer call me Esther. Mordecai now has to call me Queen Esther. All right? Are you hearing this? Praise God. So, wealth, the crown, the place. Okay. The place where you are. When the place changes, are you still going to be obedient? Because it is easy for you, Esther, to be obedient to Mordecai as long as you are under the roof of Mordecai. When the roof changes, and Mordecai is no longer the one paying rent, <laughs> what happens? Sometimes our obedience, it's not really obedience. It's just flowing, going with the currents, going with the flow. I, I can do everything that you do as long as it will give me food on my table, not because it is my character. That's why people get surprised sometimes. You know, the person changed. You know, he was never like that. No, 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 the person did not change. They were flowing because they were broke. They were flowing because they needed accommodation. Their yes was not yes. And yet the Bible says, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. It's called integrity. All of a sudden, when you are the CEO of, of the company, will you still go down to that security guard and say, sir, or you will start changing? What is it that you begin to do? Because the place has changed. You are now staying in Santon. Man, you're staying in Santon. We the Santon people. Okay. I stay in Santon, by the way. 
imagine, imagine now I come to you and I tell you all the time that I stay in Sanson. Well, I stay in Sanson, praise God. But you see, everything, nothing changed. I'm still the same old guy. You can still call me. I'll pick up my phone. Other people, the moment that they're called apostles, they no longer talk to everybody. Okay, they, they change their numbers because it's now apostle. You know, the moment that they're called bishop, everything changes. I have my number, the same number that I had when I stepped, uh, when, I, when I first bought my line, I still have my same number. Right? When GCC started, I did not say, well, I now need a special number. I got guys like that, by the way. They are my friends. I'm sure they are watching me. Okay? I'm sure they are watching me. But I'm talking to you also. Uh, you know, sometimes it's very unnecessary. You're looking at yourself and like, why, why would you do that? You, 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 are, you are prophet, you are apostle, you are whatever. And all of a sudden you feel pressured to have different numbers as if people, you've got a number of people calling you. Just a few people calling you, by the way. Okay. Imagine now when you become the apostle of 20,000 people. At the rate you change numbers, you'll be changing numbers every day. Okay. Okay, it's just, you know, a moment to just to laugh together with you. I talk practical stuff, you know, to, to, to practical and living people. Okay, um, I'm not very artificial. Even a live broadcast failed to change me. <laughs> and the title failed to change me. All right, let's get back to business now. Okay, so obedience. Okay. Oh, yeah, I've got a scripture there. Train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it so esther did not change the esther under mordecai or in mordecai's house was still the same esther in the palace she still obeyed mordecai because of the relationship that they had praise god and now look at this the other point obedience is evident in what we do the word we do not the word we hear not the word we are saying we will do, but obedience is only expressed when we begin to do. Remember our definition? Obedience is, obedience is to do what someone says or to carry out an order. That is obedience. So there is an action on the part of the other in order for it to be obedience. You know, the Bible talks of a guy, a man who had two sons and he... You say to the sons, one, you know, go into the field. And the other one says, well, I won't go. And the other one was, say, was told the same thing. Go to the field and work in the field. And he says, well, I will go. And the Bible says the one who said, I will not go, eventually went. And the one who said, I will go, did not go. Who obeyed and who did the will of the father? The Bible says the one who said, I will not do it and did it. There are people who never say no to anything. They'll just say, I'll do it and not do it. I'll do it and not do it. I'll do it and not do it. And there are people who have, you know, they've ticked every box of obedience as far as men are concerned. But they are very disobedient as far as God is concerned. Every box, you know, you can fool men. You can fool people. You can fool people. But remember what the Bible says in the book of Colossians? Do it as unto the Lord, not as men pleasers. You who go to work, you know, that's, that's the context of that scripture in the book of Colossians. You who are going to work, you have got masters in the flesh. The slaves, you have masters, masters over you in the flesh. Don't only work when they are watching and when they are not, you, know, you don't. Okay, don't only work when they are looking 
and when they are not. The Bible says, know that you receive a reward from the Lord. Your reward does not come from people. Your reward comes from the Lord. Salary comes from your employer. Reward comes from the Lord. Okay? Your salary comes from your employer, but your reward comes from the Lord. Your promotion comes from the Lord. No wonder why some of us are stuck in the same place. Because we do everything to be seen by people. And the Bible says promotion does not come from the west, from the south, from the east. But promotion comes from the Lord. So where does your promotion come from? You know, sometimes we go back to God. God, why is it my staff are not working? Why is it my things are not working? Like I've been working at this company for, for many years. This so-and-so came, was promoted. So-and-so came, was promoted. Yet, yet you know very well that uh, you are disobedient. Well, your, your, your boss know you as obedient. But when you are praying to God, you are praying to God who knows your disobedience. And you are asking God who knows your disobedience to promote you based on your obedience to a man that does not know that you are disobedient. Okay. Yeah. What do you do when people, when your boss is not watching? Okay. Because it's seen in the word that you do. The man who said go to the field, he only released the word and left. It was for them to carry out the word. Okay? When Jesus said, let your will be done and not my will, that is obedience at work. Right? Uh, I, if it is my choice, if it is what I want, I, I wouldn't want to go through the pain of dying for these people on the cross. But I choose to submit myself. I choose to humble myself. I choose to obey your word and your will. It is what you want. And it is what you, you, you have commanded that I will do. Whether I'm in the palace, the same way I was obedient to you when we were in heaven, I'll obey you when we are in, on the earth. The same way that I was obeying you when we're up there in heaven, I'll obey you even though the location has changed. I will be obedient. I know it will be painful. The same way I was obedient when I was spirit and not flesh, I'll obey you the same way when I'm now flesh. When it is now painful, I'll still do it, Lord. I will obey you because obedience is my character. It's not what I do because you are watching, but it is what I do because it is who I am. And it comes from my relationship. Praise God. Okay, so we are not to operate as men pleasers, but as... Have you ever met people, they say, Pastor does not appreciate me, I do a lot of things and you know this employer does not appreciate me who am i to appreciate you i'm not i'm not your employer okay you you're employed by god okay um you know that that employer that you think is your employer at your workplace he's not your employer god is your employer if you begin to look at god as your employer and everything coming from the lord i'm telling you it will change the way you do things it will change the way you operate it will change even the way you work and you begin to find fulfillment even in what you do. Because your joy is no longer coming from the applause of man. But your joy is coming from your character. Okay? Okay, praise God. Now, this is the last point for today. Obedience. Right. This, this is always uh, a very interesting word to pronounce. People pronounce it differently. 
Philemon. Others says Philemon. Uh, others, you know, they always give different. But it doesn't change the guy. Verse, chapter 1, verse 20 to 21. Alright, chapter 1, verse 20 to 21. Obedience, 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 obedience. Of all God has said and of all God has commanded. Okay? We, we as a church, we are embarking on a very amazing journey, you know, to, you know, to carry out the vision according to the word of God. Um, but you'll find a few people or many people who think it is past a dense idea and, and they will choose not to obey. But what they fail to realize is it is the command of the Lord. We find it in the word. Okay, do not cease to gather together. Is there in the word? Break bread together, fellowship together, you know, take care of each other as brothers together. It is the command of God. The question is, will you be obedient? Or will you look at it as a well, it's just an instruction, you know, from somebody and I won't do it. Everything is unto the Lord. Are you there? It says, Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. I saw this and I asked myself, who is confident in my obedience? Who is confident in my obedience? I want you to ask yourself the very same question. Who is confident in your obedience? Paul here is writing, and he's supposed, Onismas is supposed to go back. And Paul says, yes, brother. Right? The language that he uses, brother, it's relationship. You are my brother. Yes, brother. Let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience. So point number three I wrote here, who is confident in your obedience? Confidence in your obedience. So he wrote the letter because he was confident in his obedience. He was sending back Onesimus because he was confident in his obedience. And he says, knowing that you will do even more than what I say. Whew. I saw this and I asked myself, can anybody be confident in my obedience to the extent that they'll say, I know you will do more than what I have even said. Church, this is called obedience. You know, the Bible does not tell us that every single day, Mordecai was taking the phone every single day and say, Esther, please don't forget. I, I beg you. Esther, please don't disclose what there is a plan. You don't know that plan, you know, but there is a plan. There is something that I, I sense in my spirit. Esther, Esther, now, now I know that there are many people that are... Please, don't, don't be pressured, Esther. I beseech you. You know how you were obedient in my house, Esther. I want you to carry out the same obedience. Esther, no. No. Mordecai was confident in the obedience of Esther. Who is confident in obedience is God confident that when he said give you will give without constant reminders or every time God has to send a prophet to say it's now that time again that you need to give your thanksgiving 
It's now that time again that you have to give your offering to the Lord. It is now that time again that you have to take care of a brother next to you. It is that time again, I please, I beg you. You say, well, the pastor has not begged enough. They must open many scriptures. They are not teaching enough on this. Who is confident in your obedience that you will visit the sick without them checking up on you? That have you are you seeing other people? Are you also visiting a brother? Are you praying for a brother? Who is confident in your obedience that they will say, I write to you, you bring me joy, you refresh my heart, and I'm confident in your obedience. Take their blanket, sleep, rest, knowing that you will do more. You only not go one mile. Or all the time, God has to send a man to tell you things that you know. And you begin to blame the preachers. Blame us for not preaching powerful messages that move your heart. And you have got a Bible written to you directly by God that is not moving your heart. Who are we to move your heart? Who are we to sound anointed? If this book here, that is the word of God, that is God's word to you, that you have in your heart, when you read it, it doesn't have anointing. When I preach, you want me to have anointing. When you read it on your own, It doesn't bless you. When I preach, you want me to bless you. This book on its own as God's word, it's failing to move you. But the sermon by Pastor Dan on a Sunday should move you into doing stuff. And so every time I've I've got the burden to move you to do what God failed to do. I have to repeat this. Every time I have a burden to do what God failed to do, you and God, the two of you, you failed. And now I need to come in to help God do what God failed to do. If God can do it, I can do it. If you cannot be obedient to the voice of God, then I can do it. If I can't preach in enough sermons, I can't do a series on, uh, on loving your neighbor and a perfect love series again and again and again and again and again and again. Up until you say, Pastor, now I think you have done enough. Now we can move because we have seen that you really, you are on this. Paul says, ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. And he comes and says, by now you ought to be teachers, but you still need somebody to actually teach you the very basics. Why? Because it's called, it's called, it's called disobedience. Let's say it as it is. Well, I've got a lot of people watching right now, praise God. Quite a lot of people that are watching, praise God. I'll have more again next week. I had more last week. I had more the other week. I had more the other week. From chapter 1, you were with me. Going through together with me the book of Esther. The question that I want to pose to you is, is God confident in your obedience? Or it is now, this is a sermon, Pastor. This one, this is it. <laughs> oh, Marui. <laughs> Church. If your obedience to God is not perfected, 
How can I expect? It would be foolish for me to expect you to obey me. Paul says, my brother, to Philemon. The, re- the reason why he says my brother is because that word is called Adelphos in Greek. I love that word. From the same womb. It speaks of unity. From the same womb. So he's saying, you already have a relationship with God. So the reason why I'm confident in your obedience is because you are a brother. You have a relationship with God. So it is not much about my letter, but it is about your relationship with God. In your obedience to God, you will obey to me. Because now you have an understanding that Onesimus is now also a brother together with us. Oh yeah, I see your likes, I see your loves, I see everything. But I now want to see your obedience to the Lord. I see your loves, I see your likes, I see your comments. Every Sunday I see your, your, your encouragement, I see, I see your membership, I see your contribution in meetings. I see all that. But am I going to see your confidence, your obedience? Is your pastor confident in your obedience? This was a pastor to Philmon. Paul was a pastor to Philmon. He says, I'm confident in your obedience. Is your employer confident in your obedience that if he gives you a project to do, will you do it? Or he has to come and check, please, please, guys, please, you know how this is dear to me. When God loves you, rather, no, 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 that's the wrong way of putting it across. The the way the devil can destroy every vision is by bringing the wrong people to the vision. Not only does he bring the wrong people to the vision, but he causes the wrong people to assume positions of authority in a vision. I have to say it again. When the devil wants to destroy any vision, any vision, at a company, at a church, anywhere, is, he, he will make sure that at the top, closer to the top, somewhere next to the top, they are, he places men of disobedience there. And he will say, now I can't stop you from dreaming big, but all I can do is I'll place weak men among you. Those who are not running with you. God said to me, and I said this three years ago, God said to me, then the people who are going to help you advance the cause, most of them are not with you. I will bring people, but, it was clear, but the danger, or rather the challenge that you are going to have when the ones that I have brought have finally arrived, only, the only obstacle will be the people that you already have. They walk with you, but they are not with you. They run with you, but they are not with you. They flow with you, they are not with you. And if you are a leader like me, at your company, I'm talking practical things here. If you are a leader like me, you need to know them. I do. Jesus was never taken by surprise by Judas. 
He brought Judas closer, not because he did not know who Judas was, but in order for the plan to be fulfilled. I see few likes. I, feast, I see few. It's okay. I don't really need the likes. And I see your obedience. I, I want to be confident in your obedience. Gone are the days where we check our views. How many are our views? Are people viewing the messages? No, no, no. Jesus only needed 12 men. Walked with 12 men. 11 of them were obedient. 120 at the upper room. They were obedient. Sometimes a vision does not need many people to carry it. Sometimes a vision needs few people to carry it. Few people who are like Philemon. People whom the apostle will say, I am confident in your obedience. If you have, Mordecai, if you have one varsity, you are as good as having no one. But if you have one Esther, you can rest because the nation will be delivered. Confident in your obedience. Jesus was confident in the obedience of, the, of his disciples that he gave them the command at the end, go into the world and make disciples of all nations. And he went, left the Holy Spirit. I will equip you. I will leave you with the Holy Spirit. Though physically absent, but I'm present with you even closer. Confident in their obedience. Some of you, if Jesus was physically present, you would be super, super obedient. Super, next to him, walking with Jesus like here. You know, like Jesus, like here. Walking with Jesus. Oh, Jesus, do you want a cup of coffee? How about tea now? Jesus, this is all the money that I got from my workplace. Jesus, do what you want. You manage it. You, Jesus, manage it. You, Jesus, take care of... Uh, Jesus, you, 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 Jesus. But Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans, but I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost, ever present, closer to you, even within you. And he's no longer on your side. He's now one with you. And it's like, will I see the same confidence? That's why he said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? I'm not talking about going to heaven, because going to heaven, it's an act of grace when you believe. But you cannot be an ambassador of Jesus if you are not obedient to what he commands. Are you dependable? Are you reliable? Or you're not? Or you're a man pleaser? The greatest mistake that Judas made was thinking that Jesus did not know that he was there. Paul was confident in Philemon's obedience. Jesus was confident in the obedience of his disciples. Mordecai was confident in Esther's obedience. I'm not quite sure who then will be confident. In whose confidence, in whose obedience will I be confident of? I don't know. That's my prayer. And I'm sure somebody is also praying for my obedience as well.
Can God be confident in your obedience? Maybe not. You are just one of his many other sons. You see, every house has got bastards. Every house has got bastards. Every house. It's there in the Bible. It's there. In the, it's there. I'm talking Bible here. It's there in the Bible. There are the children in the home, but they are loved. I'm, I'm not talking about how God loves you. God loves you amazing, but you don't love him the same way he loves you. Our love for God is, is different. His love for us doesn't change. Our love for him is different. It's expressed in our obedience. It's not expressed in what we say. It is expressed in what we do. We have to move from the Christianity of what we say and begin to live out our faith. When are we going to live out our faith? When are we going to be the light that shines in darkness? We don't become the light that shines in darkness by always saying we are the light. Stop telling us you are the light. Go shine. We will know who you are. When you love one another, when you lay down your life for each other, when you break you know, your status, the reason sometimes you don't visit a brother is because you feel you're more important. The reason why sometimes you feel like, oh, my house, and uh, you know, I, I may not be comfortable for John to be in my house. Why? What's special about your house? That John can't be in your house. You see? You see what the, your problem? Your problem is not your house. Your problem is you're like the fool, rich man. So foolishness is the problem. Every time we talk about, or Pastor Josh calls it being simple. I saw it, I heard it in Cape Town. When I went to Cape Town, in, in Cape, they say you are simple. I think that's a better word that I should use. There are many simple people. Who, we were together yesterday, taking care of the flock. Today, you bought a car and a bicycle. We are no longer at the same level. Level? What is a level? Humble yourself and God will lift you up. Just humble yourself. So I wrote here, humility is obedience that has been tried and tested over time. That's humility. And it is sin in the word that you do. I know I've kept you for a very long time and I'm happy I did. Um, you've heard my heart. You've heard scripture. Just like Esther. Just like the disciples of Jesus. Just like Philemon. We ought also to have someone, somewhere, saying, I am confident in your obedience. And apart from someone, we need God speak that over us. God whisper that over us. God say, then I am confident. You see, when I went through difficult times, at one point, it was, should I listen to what God is saying? Or should I be at a place where I can be promoted, I can rise to the very top and in disobedience? And God took me to the scripture of the apostles where they says, you judge, are we going to be obedient to the Lord or we are going to be obedient to you? And they decided, doesn't matter what we're going to go through, we will be obedient to the Lord. We spoke with my wife. And we said, we may lose everything, but we'll choose to do the voice of God. We'll choose to follow the voice of God. 
so that God will be confident in our obedience. And we packed our bags, having nothing but the word God had spoken to us. And we decided we will do. It may change our lifestyle. Who cares? It is our obedience to God that matters. Sometimes God, your obedience to God will make your house dirty. Who cares? Sometimes it will make you do dishes after people have eaten and have departed. Yeah. Sometimes your obedience to God will make you lose the very things that are closer and dear to you. But what is dear? More dear than God looking at you and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over the little. Now I'll give you the more to manage. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you become doers of the word of God, not only hearers, so that we will not be dull of hearing, but that we will do the word of God. It doesn't matter what it takes. There is no comfort zone if you are outside the will of God. Whatever you call a comfort zone when you are outside the will of God, it's not comfort zone. The only comfort is in the will of God. That's where the only comfort is. That's the only place where you can sleep on a pillow and rest. Father, I just thank you. I shared your heart. I spoke your word. I was obedient. Lord, I pray that you speak to each and every person who is listening to me today and who will listen to me even after this broadcast. Lord, I pray for a generation of people we will not be pressured by people. A generation of children of God we will not be changed. You know, they have their character changed because of their physical status, their qualifications, but who will always be obedient to your voice and to your leading. Because you said in your word, my sheep hear my voice and strangers, they will not follow. We give you praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. You are blessed. It was a blessing sharing the word with you this beautiful morning. I can't wait to meet you again next week, same place, same time, as we enjoy nothing else but the message of the grace of God. You are blessed.